This is a Bergen Film Club podcast. Like an old movie removed from frame, I am floating and looking for someone to blame. Won't you project me on the walls of your heart? I'm waiting for the real thing to start. Hello. And welcome to The Real Thing. I'm your host, Joe Lawrence. And yeah, here I am. I haven't done an episode on my own this season yet. Uh, so here I am sitting alone in my room. Uh, yeah, The Real Thing is a extension of Bergen Film Club. On the podcast, I talk about the films that are included in the film's program and talk about why they're cool, why we chose them, talk to the board members who did choose them and why they think that they're cool and kind of providing context in a larger more digestible way uh and this uh yeah this season's been going pretty good so far i've uh, very much been enjoying the new recommendation episodes that we've been putting out every thursday with the board members and some ex-board members and hopefully some other people in the future um i think that's a really fun way to kind of get an insight into what they are up to and what they're thinking and what their jobs are so definitely good um yeah some great movies to talk about i'm definitely learning a lot because there's a lot of films that i haven't seen uh so yeah it's it's uh going good but today is actually gonna be something a little bit different pretty different actually uh usually when i'm doing episodes on my own it's to kind of provide a context to something or talk about something in kind of a, a larger more direct way rather than just talking about one movie itself more kind of like what is the movie discussing or looking at and today is quite a big topic and i just want to say that i'm going to do my best to be respectful and understanding of, of everything and i'm probably bound to get things wrong because uh i'm not norwegian i'm an english guy and not my culture in a way, so I'm going to try and talk about it as respectfully and, and as informed as I can. Additionally, I just want to shout out uh, Hans Christian Horner for who helped very, very, very much for the research on this episode. Um, and you will see him later in the week, absolutely, for the recommendation episode. As of time of recording, on February 6th, it was the Sami National Day, uh, which is uh, celebrated in kind of the relevant countries. So to kind of celebrate that, we at Bergen Film Club, we showed a kind of a movie about Sami people, but not necessarily. And we'll come to talk about it, The White Reindeer from 1952. And we also showed a short film from a Sami director called Eilat, uh, from the director Ella Maria Aiga. That's my best pronunciation of that name. Um, 
and yeah, we just kind of, uh, you know, aim to kind of highlight and spotlight that Swami National Day is, and kind of celebrating and recognize Swami culture is persistently important every year. It's good to highlight this and remember where we are now and what's worth moving forward with, but also remembering where they have come from and kind of what experiences they have gone through. Particularly the kind of uh, Norwegian, specifically I guess that's what I'm going to be talking about a lot today, or Norway, Sweden and Finland is kind of their, their aim to kind of eradicate this culture. So it's important to remember that and yeah. I also saw at Luxembourg Bibliothek, which is one of the libraries in, in Bergen, I watched La Elveleva, which is uh, Let the River Flow, um, which is another film that uh, highlights this big um, Sami movement that happened in the 1980s, I believe. Uh, but we'll also come to talk about that. But yeah, this episode's going to be kind of highlighting those films are talking about Sami film and the industry around it, but also I, we thought that it would probably be good to also provide context because this is something that I have not known a lot about and I think that maybe a lot of listeners may also not be so up-to-date or clued in at all. So we're going to be talking a bit about who the Sami people are, what the National Day is, their history, and then kind of short history of Sami film and representation. The Sami National Day is a national day for the Sami Sami people that falls on February 6th, the day when the first Sami Congress was held in 1917 in Trondheim, Norway. The Congress was the first time that Norwegian and Swedish Sami came together across national borders to work on finding solutions to common problems. In 1992, at the 15th Sami Conference in Helsinki, Finland, a resolution was passed that Sami National Day should be celebrated on February 6th to commemorate the first Sami Congress in 1917 that Sami National Day is for all Sami, regardless of where they live, and on that day the Sami flag should be flown and the Sami anthem should be sung in the Sami language. The first time Sami National Day was celebrated was in 1993, when the International Year of Indigenous People was proclaimed open in Jokmok, Sweden, by the United Nations. Since then, celebrating the day has become increasingly popular. In Norway, it is compulsory for municipal administrative buildings to fly the Norwegian flag and also the Sami flag on February 6th. Particularly notable is the celebration in Norway's capital, Oslo, where the bells in the highest tower of Oslo City Hall play the Sami national anthem as the flags are raised. Some larger places have taken to arranging festivities in the week around the National Sami Day. The National Day has been included in the Almanacs published in the University of Helsinki since 2004, and the Norwegian, Swedish, and Finnish authorities recommend general flagging on that day. So who, for those who don't know, the Sami people are basically a reflection, or they are the indigenous people who emigrated to Northern Europe following the last ice age. The historical Sami territory, aka Sápmi, which is what we call Lapland, goes through and across Norway, Sweden, Finland, and parts of northwestern Russia. They speak multiple languages, many of which have sadly gone extinct due to the assimilation policies, and they also have this very wonderful flag to celebrate their culture. It's kind of difficult to summarize an entire community or an entire indigenous uh, race, but they 
I've been living in in South May or Lapland for for all time, basically since the last ice age, a very long time, and they've been resident and cultivating and celebrating their own culture and language for a very, very long time. Okay, so now we're going to get into kind of the history, a short history of Sami treatment in Norway from the mid-19th century up until almost the end of the 20th. From the mid-19th century, Norway began a policy of forced systematic assimilation, which in a way continued all the way up to the late 1980s, which the efforts of still echo today. The policy was especially targeted towards education. At first, Sami languages were banned in schools. Sami people were then later banned from teaching at educational establishments. By the eve of the 20th century, children were separated from their families and taken to boarding schools where anything resembling Sami identity was punished, and pupils who were quick to abandon their Sami heritage and assimilate into Norwegian society were rewarded. Research grounded on racism and white supremacy was supported by the government and undertaken by official universities such as the University of Oslo. Phrenology was used in an attempt to quote-unquote prove that ethnic Norwegians were racially superior to the unintelligent and uncivilized Sami people. In an attempt to prove this, Sami burials were desecrated for skulls and taken south to the University of Oslo, who, by 2020, still keep 1,062 skulls taken from Sami burials. The year that Norway achieved independence from Sweden, a law made it legal to deny Sami and Kven people the right to buy or lease land in Finnmark. Place names in northern Norway were given Norwegian names to facilitate them as Norwegian and not Sami. In later years, many of these places have got dual road signs with both the Sami and Norwegian name. Following World War II, the policy of Norwegianization began to soften very slowly, however. The policy became hard to support in the shadow of the war and the Holocaust. 1958 saw the creation of the Sami Committee, who were dedicated to elevating the rights of the Sami people to equal status as Norwegians. In 1967, Sami languages were officially allowed into education. In the following years, Sami activism and social movements gained more traction through, throughout Sami communities as the struggle for recognition and equal rights began coalescing with the international movements for indigenous people's rights. So that kind of brings us up to this, uh, when I was talking about the movie Lyle Valera. This talks about this controversy in Alta, which is in northern Norway. Uh, so this controversy, I suppose, happened between 1968 and 1988. This is the largest instance of Sami civil disobedience in recent history. Activists occupied the plaza outside Stortinge, which is the Norwegian government building, chained themselves to construction site in Alta and went on hunger strikes in an attempt to force the government to stop the dam project, which they were trying to build on Sami land. Throughout the controversy, Sami activist groups reached out to the UN as, as well as other indigenous activist groups throughout the world to gain support. Due to the activists' work, the Norwegian government received harsh criticism for their treatment of the Sami, especially for the difference in attitude the government displayed on the international stage for indigenous rights versus the one they displayed domestically. Although that the dam still got built, the protests led to massive reforms of the Sami civil rights. The Norwegian constitution from 1814 was altered in 1988 to include the Sami paragraph where Sami rights to develop their own culture, language, and way of life were constitutionalized and protected by the Norwegian government. In addition to this, the paragraph also officially recognized the Sami people as an indigenous people of Norway. In the following year of 1989, the Sami parliament was officially opened as a consequence of the protests. At the time of opening of the Sami parliament, the Norwegian king at the time, Olaf V, 
officially apologized on behalf of the government for the treatment of the Sami people. So essentially this has been something that has been systematically part of Norway for a very, very long time. Just from the research that I've done, I found it's been something that was happening for around or over 300 years and has taken many, many different forms over this time. Even going back as far as the 17th century with Norwegian Christian missionaries going to Sami villages to convert them to try to convert them to Christianity and and take them out of their own culture and it's just something that's been happening for a very long time something that obviously I could speak much much more to and I'll absolutely link all of the uh, references used in this episode in the show notes um, but I also really recommend a lot of films that we will come to talk about uh, now so when talking about Sami films, this is something that maybe doesn't, well, actually has a longer history than I think would be expected, but it's not always done in the best taste or it's often been used as a way to kind of perpetuate racist stereotypes, which is unfortunately something that is seen all through cinema, all through the history of any cinema, really that it's an opportunity to point fun or be racist not fun the first ever appearance of a Sami person on film uh, which Hans Christian could find or I could find was in Unge Jakter uh, Young Hearts from 1917 uh, the film which has been lost for a very very long time but among the cast was uh, also I'm just going to say that I'm going to do my best to pronounce these names um but most likely I'm going to say them wrong, but just uh, a heads up. So amongst the cast was Robert Spavotti, whose only credit in the movie is uh, under the slur that the Norwegian etc. people use against the Sami people. So we come to 1929, 1928 to discuss the German director uh, George Schneevoigt, who worked on two early movies depicting the Sami people. Schneevoigt worked as a cinematographer on Vieten as Folk, the folk, uh, the people of the mountain uh, plateau, and directed uh, Lila, which uh, was a movie released later that year. Vieten as Folk centers around a love triangle where the Sami characters are depicted as violent and uncivilized drunkards, which is often a stereotype used against them. The protagonist himself is called Lapnils, a name made partially of a slur. Fiedenus Volk was apparently so violent that a number of grotesque scenes had to be cut from its entirety. Lila was arguably more nuanced in its depiction of the Sami people, although it can still be criticized for several things. In the film, we meet Lila, a Norwegian girl separated from her parents on the way to her baptism. Lila is then found and raised by a Sami family. When Lila grows up, she is so set to marry her stepbrother, Mele. But a merchant named Andos, who turns out to be her cousin, intervenes and they marry instead. Although, as I said, it's more nuanced than Vidna's folk. The story can allude to Sami people being a people in need of rescuing by our white knight, Andos. Leila is still regarded as one of Norway's greatest silent movies, and the nature images in the film make it a visual spectacle, if anything. 
That's a quick note on the movie that we showed at Bergen Film Club on Wednesday, The White Reindeer, or Den Vito Reindeer, from 1952. So The White Reindeer is a film based on a Sami fairy tale and directed by Finnish director Erik Blomberg. Despite not featuring a single person of Sami descent, neither in front of nor behind the camera, the film featured a depiction of the culture in a mostly respectful way, which kind of reflects this change that kind of came around after World War II. The film itself is celebrated for its haunting atmosphere and beautiful shots of the vast tundra of the Finnish North. The White Reindeer went on to win the Golden Globe for the Best Foreign Language Film in 1958, as well as winning the award for the Best Fairy Tale Film at Cannes in 1953. It should be noted that actually, maybe there were a lot of Sami people in this movie, but every single one of them is uncredited as uh, as an actor or anything. If there was any involvement at all, then. It wasn't uh, used at all so kind of uh, still shows that there's a ways to come in and where we are in the history so in 1975 there was a tv series called Anta, which uh, there is also a movie of which is just a long cut of the of the series Anta is a significant turning point for sami representation in media Anta was a children's tv series that ran by anokor uh nrk which is uh kind of the national broadcasting channel, like the main one, which exposed millions of Norwegian children to the policy of assimilated enforcement on Sami children. The series followed Anta, a Sami child separated from his family to grow up at a boarding school where he isn't allowed to speak his own language and struggles to fit in with the other Norwegian children. Anta is significant for being the first time a piece of media used Sami actors and generally involved Sami people in his production. Up until this point, Sami characters were played by Norwegians and played to stereotypes such as Sami being less intelligent, uncivilized, and quote-unquote, mystic nature people. And the show also used a traditional yoik as the show's intro, which is a kind of a folk song sung by the Sami people usually about each other. So in 1987, we come to Vive so in 1987 we come to Vive Isren, aka Pathfinder, which was the first Sami language film ever released. Directed by Sami directed Niels Goop, and featured multiple Sami actors and a soundtrack by Sami musician Ailu. The film is set in the Middle Ages and follows a young boy who survives the killing of his family by a group of Karelian raiders. The raiders get the boy to guide them to the rest of his people, but instead the boy tricks the raiders to their deaths. Pathfinder was released to critical acclaim, being the first Sami film and the second ever Norwegian film to be Oscar-nominated for Best Foreign Language Film. Director Niels Goop has directed additional Sami-focused films later in his career, including the Kautokeino Rebellion in 2008, a story depicting the true events of a Sami uprising in the village of Kautokeino in 1852. In 1999, there's the movie Give Us Our Skeletons, is an important documentary film responsible for sparking a national debate about the treatment of Sami remains and taking a critical look at the suppression the Sami faced at the hands of the Norwegian state. The film is divided into three parts, the first revolving around the activist Nilias Sombi, who, while recording and researching his ancestry, discovers that one of his ancestors was decapitated after participating in the 1852 Kato Kano Rebellion. His skull was then taken to the University of Oslo, where it was examined for eugenic research to prove how these Sami were inferior people. 
The second part dwells on the excruciating detail on how the Norwegian government systematically attempted to forcibly assimilate and to a certain extent exterminate the Sami culture. From kidnapping Sami children to boarding schools, grave robbing for eugenic research and banning Sami languages altogether. The final part of the movie focuses on Zombie's personal and emotional struggle to retrieve his ancestors' remains in order to give his forefather a respectful burial. In 2007, where the film Kill Bullio is a parody of Tarantino's Kill Bill, which mirrors the plot of the franchise by replacing Uma Thurman's character with Jompa Tormann. Donning a yellow jumpsuit, traditional Sami hat, and wielding his own katana, Jompa hunts down the Sami mafia after they interrupted his wedding, killed his family, and sent Jompa into a coma. The film was released to mixed reviews but quickly attracted a cult following. The humour of the film draws on stereotypes about the Sami as well as poking fun at the racism they face. The film was criticised at the release by the Sami youth magazine S, who wrote that the movie perpetuates the trend of ridiculing Sami people in the media. Director Tommy Wakola responded that the magazine had just assumed the movie was mocking Sami people and that they should see the film before criticising it, but then in 2022 admitted that they couldn't have made the film today due to the worry of cancel culture, so I'm not sure what opinion to have about that. In 2006, where the movie Sami Blood, which was the first film directed by a Sami woman, Amanda Kennel, and the first film featuring the South Sami language, which is an endangered language, spoke only around 500 people in total. The film tackles Sweden's racist colonial policy towards the Sami, and examines how families were separated and how the policies and systematic assimilation still hurts the Sami families to this day. The plot in itself, based on the grandmother of the director Amanda Kennel, and how she broke all ties with her family and culture to being exposed to vicious bullying and systematic colonial policies enforced by her own people by the Swedish government through the so-called nomad schools. It follows Ella Maria and her sister, who at the young age go to one of the nomad schools to learn to speak Swedish and be civilized. In one of the scenes, the teacher at the nomad school finds her sister sleeping in the same bed and forcibly separates them, throwing Ella Maria's little sister into a separate bed symbolizing the effects of the school system on Sami families. Colonel quote, is quoted as saying she felt an enormous responsibility when making the film. With the small amount of Sami films available at the time, she wanted the details of the story to be historically correct so that the film can stand as a historical document. I'm also going to link to an article below, uh, kind of with a with an article written by Stina Son, which is a professor at the University of uh, Tromsø. Uh, dealing with racism, colonial history, and colonization of the mind in the autoethnographic and indigenous film Sami Blood. So now we're kind of coming to today, in a way. Um, as I spoke a couple of times before, 2023, there was this movie La Alvaleva, or Let the River Flow, or Elos Eatnu, uh, which talks about the altar controversy. In Elos Eatnu, we meet Esther, who in uh, 1979 moves back to her family's whole town near Alta to become a teacher. Esther herself is Sami, but has abandoned her culture and language in order to assimilate and fit into Norwegian society and avoid the racism. After learning about the government plans to dam the Alta River to flood the Sami village of Mose, as uh, Esther starts to reconnect with her heritage and joins the protest against the dam. Elos Adnu is based on the real story of this altar controversy that happened between 1968 and 82. The protagonist Esther is played by Sami activist Ella Maria Hatta Isaksen, 
who many recognize from social media, especially on TikTok, where she talks about modern Sami issues, but also cultural uh, history, culture, and language. The release of Elosatnu coincides with the Fossen controversy of 2023, a landback movement where Sami people blocked entrances to government buildings as well as occupied Karl Johans Street, the main street in Oslo, to protest the government building windmills on historical Sami territory. So that kind of, uh, at least in terms of films that have been made, that brings it up to at least 2023. And I think just to close up and talk a little a little bit about the modern Sami film industry and the International Sami Film Institute. In modern times, we see a trend where media revolving around Sami people culture and issues have been more so directed by Sami people themselves as well. As Sami characters being played by actual Sami people as issues of cultural appropriation are highlighted. It's also worth noting that the Disney Frozen actually depicts Samis. And they're given an even larger role in Frozen 2, which received an official Sami dub. Uh, and in this movie, it's kind of like a similar plotline that the indigenous people who live north of the... of Orindale... Uh, are kind of demonized for a crime that they never committed um, and are forced to live separately and forced to live in a land uh, that they do inhabit but they're not allowed to leave or kind of be involved at all and it's kind of a way of like eradicating them in a way so it's kind of interesting that such a big studio we would take the time to highlight something like that who knows if it was intentional maybe maybe not but that is a female directed film and also actually receiving a, a Sami dub and there's a lot of kind of like nods to Sami culture in it as well so yeah that's pretty interesting according to an article in Enoko uh NRK, Enoko, uh Disney collaborated with the Sami parliament and the International Sami Film Institute to depict the Sami yeah to their best abilities featuring the traditional Sami clothing language culture reindeer herding amongst other things so the International Sami Film Institute which I will now say ISFI, as it's known, was established in 2007 with the goal of providing Sami people with the skills and economic opportunities to develop, produce, and distribute Sami films in their own language, uh, which is taken from their website. In 2018, lecturer from University of Toronto, Monica Kim Meskai, published a report documenting Sami media between 1988 and 2017. Her report included features, as well as short films, animation, documentaries, TV series, and information films. Mesguy's report found that 76 pieces of media released, half of them were released following 2010. This explosion of Sami content coincides with the creation of ISFI in the previous years, but might owe to multiple factors. It is also pointing to the fact that there are currently living a sort of a renaissance of Sami cinema, or kind of that it now has the opportunity to kind of keep blossoming. Many Sami directors are just debuting with their first feature-length films such as Sami Blood in 2016, The Listen Within Me from 2023, and Ella Moria Iras, the short film director that we showed of Eilat, uh, her new film Stolen, releasing later this year. And also just to note that ISFI do have their own streaming service, which I will also link to, um, so you can see all of these uh, great films. And lastly, it's just notes we have uh, Biff and Bergen, Bergen International Film Festival, but uh, many other cities 
uh, also have their own film festival, so notably we have TIFF, which is uh, in Tromsø. So this is one of the festivals dedicated to programming and promoting Sami films and frequently highlighting both features and short films from Sami creators such as Elot and La Elva It's not uncommon in recent years that Sami movies are screened at international festivals outside of Scandinavia, such as uh, the Toronto International Film Festival, uh, which showed The Tundra Within Me in 2023. So that kind of brings us to the end of uh, what, at least what Hans Christian had uh, observed and the kind of stuff that I had looked at as well. So it's very wonderful, I think, that there's now this stage and this opportunity for Sami creators to get to tell the stories that they want and highlight their own culture and celebrate that in a way. And I think it's also additionally important for Norwegians and other um, nationalities, I suppose, to really learn of the atrocities that happen to the Sami people from a Sami person's perspective, because ultimately that's where the story lies, that's where the truth is. Not from a Norwegian kind of trying to be culpable and uh, old enough to it, or kind of admonish themselves, but in a way that actually shows the the bad that they did. Yes. But hopefully we will come to talk a bit more about uh, some 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 Sami films in the future. Uh, yeah, just a little episode kind of highlighting the history around that because maybe it wasn't enough to do an episode on the White Reindeer. But it's good to talk about things in context and kind of further highlight the voices that need highlighting, I suppose. Yeah, next week we'll be back with, uh, yeah, back to normal scheduling. Last Monday we missed an episode because of getting new equipment. Do I sound better? Hello. Um, but also we'll be back next week with a very wonderful lesbian film. Just time for Valentine's Day. Um, so yeah, we'll be back for that and recommendation episodes on Thursdays. Um, thank you very much for listening. I hope that you learned something i felt like i learned a lot especially about kind of like the previous like the beginning of this uh, Somali Sami assimilation into the norwegian culture very interesting and very horrible and it's good to stay informed on do stay informed on things like this so that's that thank you very much for listening i've been your host lawrence and this has been the real thing goodbye This has been a Bergen Film Club production. Our music is by Wise John. Check them out on Instagram at WISE John Official. Our logo is by Pia Sophia Brentesen. This episode was produced, mixed, and engineered by Joel Lawrence. Our researchers are Inke Schilbgaibern and Mamina Nasmajit. Want to talk to us about films? Then please send us an email at podcast at bergenfilmclub.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at TheRealThingPod. Check us out on Letterboxd at BFK The Real Thing. Thank you and goodbye. Listen, follow, leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts.